Welcome back, Billiken fans. It's Zach Miller, Peter Hale. This is the Midtown Madness Podcast. Uh, this episode and this whole season of the Midtown Madness Podcast is brought to you by Two Men in the Garden. That's right, the same company that delivers much-needed halftime electrolytes is now fueling this podcast with not only delicious pickles, but salsas. And most recently, they released a awesome harissa sauce. Peter can attest to that. Uh, I'm a huge chips and salsa guy. I keep at least a jar in my fridge at all times, and they have every level of heat and flavor you could ask for. They're the real deal. Their products are delicious and, more importantly, local to St. Louis, just like the majority of this Billiken roster this year. Uh, you can pick up their many products at any local grocery stores or online at twomeninthegarden.com. Follow them on social at Two Men Salsa on Insta and Twitter. Peter, uh, big news out there. Humphreys is reopening yeah, officially. It's, it's it's coming soon. I don't think we have an official date, but uh, we're really close. Uh, guys, we have breaking news. Breaking news to the show. We've got to pull this up right now. Uh, this is insane. Um, it's actually not really news. It's just freaking awesome. Um <laughs> Hold on. Wait, I got a screen share here. Um, uh, this is insane. Uh, shout out Brian Spellacy for sending me this. Um, holy smokes. Uh, this is on Craigslist currently. You know, a piece of merch is not breaking news. Just, just <laughs> for the record. I'm sorry. He literally just sent me this as, we, as I'm doing that ad read. I mean, like... Uh, Pete, who whose jersey is this? Is that Dobbs? Uh, is that Dobbs? They think it's Martin Howell from 1986-87. What Zach is sharing right now for those listening and, and who are really confused. Uh, St. Louis 44 jersey from the 80s. Two-tone blue. Kind of a, a light blue and white uh, striping around the, the collar and the, the armholes. And then it's, it's, uh, it's a royal blue St. Louis 44. Uh, yeah, so it says here Martin Howell. Yeah, six eighty-seven. And the asking price is one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Uh, yeah. He's got yeah, he's got a lot of names here. He's got well, he's got a bunch of names. Yeah, just copy for the, down the, the roster. Uh, but yeah, no. So that's again, we're screen sharing this season. I don't know how this, but shout out Brian Spellacy. He just showed, like he literally texted me as I'm doing that ad read. Uh, I'm a little in one right now, so. Uh, Bear with us, Billiken fans. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna start this by saying Zach has been up since uh, before dawn, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Ran, raced a uh, triathlon this morning. He actually won his age group, thirty to thirty-nine, uh, an age group that for a brief moment we're both in still. Uh, and uh, I would not win the age group. I can say that much. But yeah, so Zach is both very tired and exhausted and a little loopy and maybe he had a few celebratory beverages this afternoon as well also shout out bomb and i'm wearing this uh this tank top for you today uh thanks for telling me not to wear a tank top because now i'm gonna wear a tank top every episode it's, now it's tank top summer yes uh sun's out guns out actually it's raining here in st louis but peter humphreys reopening uh we don't have an official date but it's happening it, they did a uh, soft opening slash uh, media circus type deal. Yeah, they had Fox 2 News in who did a little piece on it. Um, yeah, again, we don't know what the date's going to be. Don't know all the specifics, but it's it's happening. It's happening soon. It sounds like it could be September sometime. Um, and obviously, we will let you all know as soon as it is because that's that's very near and dear to our hearts is the institution that is home for us. Yes, and of course, shout out. Uh, we want to shout out Sarah Sanders Davis, who is part of the opening team, the the new ownership. Uh, can't thank her enough for bringing back an institution, uh, something that has been was a part of our both of our lives uh, through my five years. It's Lou, your four years. Uh, uh, and it's, it's great to have them, have them back in Midtown. And, uh, I couldn't be more excited to, to have another pitcher at Penn, at, uh, at Humphreys. So, uh, men's basketball, we have maybe the weirdest commitment in the history of slew men's bat. Well, 
let's say in the last decade, the weirdest commitment. Yeah, it, it really is. And this is Daniel Rivera, um, a, a new commitment uh, to SLU. And at first it was reported we by Dave's Joint, which is kind of a New York City-based, um, I guess, Twitter account, blog, what, what, what have you. He was reporting that Rivera was committed to SLU as a 2023 recruit. Um, so to backpedal a little bit, Rivera is, he just finished his freshman season at Odessa College, which is one of the better JUCO uh, D1 JUCO programs out there and uh, was was going to be a sophomore there and I guess the assumption was at first that he would be you know coming to SLU as a 2023 recruit but then we find out that it's actually going to be 2022 and he's already enrolled so it was it was quite uh, you know it was whiplash there Zach yeah it's, it's super weird because you know it was like Again, like you said, he announced his commitment, and the post said 2023-24. And then you have Billikens win on Billikens.com saying, hey, guys, uh, this may not be what it seems, and there could be an announcement coming mm-hmm. that says he is going to – but he was vague. So, like, I think – he implied that it, it may be an immediate uh, entry. So what do you think this means for our roster? And, I mean, there were times on this show where we lamented the lack of front court depth. We add Momo the monster. Uh, <laughs> we had Jake Forrester. And now we had Daniel Rivera. I mean, this put, like, there's... We have incredible depth in the backcourt now. Now we have incredible depth in the front court. Yeah, that's right. And, and Rivera, to be clear, um, is he's kind of going to be a, a bit of a hybrid forward, I think. I think he's probably listed at about 6'7", 215, so pretty similar size to Pickett um, if you're going with just comps. And, and that's without – you know, I, he, I think he might be a little bit longer. Um but uh, but regardless, so he's not it's not like he's a like a pure front court player. He's, you know, he'll line up as a four for sure in the A-10. One, one of the reasons, though, that this is so uh, shocking to me is that we actually first offered Rivera back in 2019. There's um, been an entire pandemic since we offered him. That's a, that's absolutely right. <laughs> I think it was September of 2019. He was a class of 2021 recruit out of high school. Um, he went to our savior Lutheran in New York city, which is actually, it's not in the, the, the New York state program. It's like an independent prep school. I think like link Academy down in Branson, they don't play for like the MSHSA. Branson, New York city, same. Difference. Well, it, it, they're, they're on a national circuit. So, so they actually play on what's called the grind session, right. which is like Hillcrest prep. And, and you would recognize some of the other like national travel teams that play on it. So anyway, so, so he's playing there. He's a 21, 2021 recruit. SLU offers him Manhattan offers him Bryant offers him. And then I hear nothing, nothing about his recruitment, nothing about, every once in a while I'd see like a, I, I, you know, as I do my research, I'd, I'd find like a box score or something that, you know, maybe he had like 10 and eight in a game or something, almost nothing. He's got no social media presence, no Twitter, no Instagram. Um, there's just absolutely a black hole of information on this kid. So when I full, you know, flip the class over from 2021 and move on, all of those guys have a destination except him. I'm like, I don't know where this kid's going. And this is probably, you know, uh, what would this have been two years ago? Wait, is that right? One year Three. ago, because oh no, yeah, yeah, because he he's I I I moved on before he actually enrolled at Odessa College and and did the JUCO year. So I had I had absolutely no idea um, that that he had gone there. This is just a name that like popped back up, and it was it's not just that like oh wow he's at Odessa now. I didn't know that. It's like he's committed to SLU. He went from like being kind of a ghost to committed to SLU. And that was that's why this one was absolutely so shocking to me. Um, but yeah, in terms of what he brings to to the roster, I I wouldn't expect you know we we have a pretty solid rotation of nine kind of veteran players. I would not expect to see him right away. Um, he was a good player as a freshman at, at at Odessa. He didn't put up huge numbers, but they were one of the best teams in the in the country. Um, they were bounced in the tournament by the number one overall seed. He's he's a he's a really 
nice, uh, nice high. He's not much of a shooter, uh, but I think he's going to be more of a slasher, um, efficient scorer inside. Uh, he'll be able to guard the three, the four. Um, but again, I mean, this is this kind of came up out of nowhere, and it, and it's been it's been pretty wild. I mean, I think like I mean, run down kind of because we have a running chat, uh, kind of the the main Twitter. How do I? I don't know how to say this without sounding self-absorbed. Uh, the the kind of the people that there's about four of us, right, in a group chat. Uh huh. And like I I found it because Meek Week or whatever. I sorry, dude. Like I don't like you. I don't know your. Tw- <laughs> I, he he tweeted at us, and I looked. I go. I tweeted out who's da- who the f- who the f is Daniel Rivera. And, um, and somebody in chap daddy said something. And I said, he just committed slew. He goes, excuse me. I go, mm-hmm. I shared the link and everybody's like, uh, who is, who is Daniel Rivera? Yeah. And I, I think I, you were the only person that had any clue who this guy was. Yeah. I, and, and it's a guy I, I had not thought about in over a year. It was just kind of like, Oh, I, I guess this guy's moved on. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, like um, many of my ex-girlfriends. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, the ghosted, ghosted. Um, so, I, so yeah, I he was a total mystery to me, and then just popped back up. It's it's yeah, it was really, really a shock to me. But I think they also um, discovered his. He does have like I don't know if it's hyphenated, but two last names Rivera Compres because um, his older brother actually plays with him at or played with him at Odessa, and there's some highlights of him Rivera Compres. Uh, Mike, I think, is his brother. And it kind of like, it went down this rabbit hole of, you know, he, this, we got the tweet. I told you guys about it. West Pine Bill, or we tweeted out like, we tweeted about it. Billikens win goes on Billikens.com. Says he may be enrolling early or at least implies it. And I, I shared that to you guys. And then West Pine Bills goes and looks in the people finder on slew net or whatever. I don't know. It's way beyond my capabilities and says, Hey, there's this guy, Daniel Rivera Compres. He has enrolled at slew. Yeah. It just was this rolling ball of like, it was like a temple of doom. And (laughs) it was, and it happened within minutes as well. I mean, we went from like, Hey, we have a new commitment to me being like, Oh my God, it's him. You know, this, this recruit who I knew nothing about, um, to being like, uh, yeah, he's going to be 2023. No, wait, he's going to be 2022. Oh, he's enrolled already. (laughs) Uh, and, and so, yeah. So, I mean, the other thing that this means is it's always been a question of what we do with that last scholarship, whether we use it or not. Well, here it is. The last scholarship used. Um, some people have been speculating whether it makes more sense for him to, enroll now or to stay committed to slew and enroll next year and you know he would play he would get more game action if he went back to odessa but um by coming to slew now he gets you know more of a jump start academically um strength practices conditioning all the resources that a d1 school has that uh, a juco even a good one would not have um the only thing he's going to miss out is some game minutes um but by the time he gets playing next year, you know, when the rot, when a lot of guys move on, the roster opens up a little bit more, he'll have been practicing, playing here in the system, in the school, everything for another season. Uh, we talked about kind of a similar thing with Hughes, Hughes Jr. Who's not on scholarship this year. And um, I think most of us are thinking he probably will be next year. Um, it, it, it just kind of makes sense to do it this way. So um, yeah excited to have him on board he remains more of a mystery than any other player that we've had come in um in in recent in the recent past uh but you know we're excited to have him and and i trust you know this this staff's ability to judge and attract talent so i'm I'm sure there's there's something there yeah it is interesting because this staff seems to be rolling right now um it's like it, you start to wonder, right? Like, is this staff killing it, or are they getting a eh, talent? Like, I don't want to 
go into that, like, start talking shit about, like, the people we're getting. But, like, when you roll, when you start rolling with commitments, you start to wonder, like, are these guys, like, really that good? Or are they just all committing because we've offered them and it's a great offer? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, look, we won't know until they all play here. And a lot of these guys, they're not, you know, a lot of them are, like, kind of your three-star level recruits. They're not... um the the flashy four and five star guys um for the most part majerus um, made his money on that I mean, absolutely and and this is kind of this is more of a long-term roster building i mean we heard ford kind of say for this next this upcoming class he wants to do a lot of work in the high school in the 2023 class it's an interesting and not just move. on transfer so i think he's gonna really build out the depth of his roster with um, you know the freshmen that are incoming now, and then the the upcoming class, the guys who are committed, the guys we've been talking about lately, and then it's really it's not going to be that many trans. We we don't have room for many transfers unless we have some surprise departures. Um, we're only going to have a couple probably in the spring, um, tops. So it, it, he's really betting on the long term viability of these players, and you know it, it, you're going to have parker come back and i will see what thatch and jimerson do we don't know what they're going to do yet but so you could have some real scoring punch come back on top of this 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 younger core that he's building around but it's pretty exciting to kind of see the program sort of uh you you, you kind of see what it's going to be a year or two from now yeah let's let's talk about you know like you said a year or two from now and uh recruiting never stops uh we had kachi's to just just pronounce it for me. In, Inze, I think is what, is what we're Kachi going with. Kachi Enze. Yeah, uh, N-Z-E-A-H he yeah, is his yeah. last name. He visited campus on the 25th, 26th. First of four visits. He's not going to VCU. We all know that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, what what does he bring to the front court? He's a big man. He's raw, but he's talented. Yeah, so like Momo, who you just mentioned a minute ago, he's only been playing a few years, and he's about six nine. He's got a seven three wingspan. Um, he's he plays a power forward. He plays for a George school, which is a private school up in um, Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, which is Philly area. And um, uh, like I said, raw, but man, is he gifted. He's he's got great length. He's got a really good athleticism. He moves well for his size. He, um, if he's got space and he's got the ball near the rim, he dunks hard, like French style dunks hard. Um, like love the that. and one logo hard. Absolutely. Brings his legs way up. I mean, like, yeah, like dunks angry. I like it a lot. He blocks <laughs> shots, uh, rebounds. He's just, he's, he says he can guard a three to a five. He's got the length to guard a five in, in the A-10. Um, He's he's got the the you know the kind of the foot speed to guard a three. He's a nice nice player and and Slew is one of his finalists along with Iowa, VCU, and Xavier. Um, and and we got the first visit, which I which I personally like. What, what are you uh, laughing at? Uh, West Pine Bills uh, tonight at the uh, the soccer game is uh, Bucket Hat Night. <laughs> They've been crying for a bucket hat for weeks now. <laughs> more breaking news and it's merch related <laughs> yes it is yes it is um yeah. so so enze anyway you know first this yeah, the first sorry. of his four visits and um you know we should be excited about this because like when you project out our front court right now you've got momo you've got um brock vice who's kind of the stretch mm -hmm. five six ten can shoot it um and then you've got rivera now who's kind of a hybrid forward this guy would tie that whole front court together you know you've got a true center stretch um you got a, you know a guy who's got more of a three or four here's your power forward you can line him up with any of those three guys um throw different looks at the front court uh, against other teams and man is he is, does he have us like nba high ceiling i mean he's he's really he's really got a high ceiling so this is an exciting recruit yeah like i I think Travis is starting to really round into form as a, as a recruiter and a roster builder with this program, because honestly, this is like the team this year is his most complete team since yeah. he's been here. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking guard depth, front court depth. As I mentioned in the outset, like there's so many, uh, we have so many guards, so many forwards. 
Like, we've never had more than, like, two or three forwards. Now we have four. Um, and I, I think he's starting to get a lot better at kind of keeping that balance to the roster. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, the, the knock on Ford, uh, both at SLU, Oklahoma State, has always been too many wing. Like, he's so deep at wing and doesn't have a lot of depth. And he's kind of like, oh, I can make this guy more of a four or five, or mm-hmm. I can make him more of a point guard. Um, he, he is... And I, I don't want to say he's like building more of a traditional one, two, three, four, five, but he's he's definitely finding guys who have, um, you know, different skill sets, more more versatile skill sets. I think he's he likes the idea of being able to um, throw some different looks at, at at the teams we play. Speaking of recruiting extraordinaire, uh, CN Medley, I love this kid. This kid is drinking the blue kool-aid more than anybody on billikens.com anybody on billiken twitter this kid is all in he's recruiting like uh, i I, like it doesn't even seem forced it just seems like he loves this team and he wants people to come play with him he seems genuinely very excited yeah Sion medley is the the um the new point guard uh yuri's heir apparent the kid from camden new jersey uh if if curious follow him at trey ball c t-r-e-y-b-a-l-l-c um, on twitter and you'll see that every time we have a visit we have an offer we have a commitment he's all over it on twitter he's like like he, he tweeted at enze who he he knows actually because they're both philly area um just across the river and um he, he's like uh there's only one choice like when when enze put up his finalists and then he goes on his visit and he's tweeting at him again. I mean, like he's, he's pretty aggressive. He's very, very positive. I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I love what he's doing uh, on social media. Super hyped about SLU. Yeah. I, you know, hyped on SLU and, and people tweeting about SLU and all this shit. There's a lot going on on billikens.com and I want to get to that, but I want to get to women's basketball first yeah. um, because the non-conference schedule was released uh, and it is a gauntlet. I mean, we talked about Katie Shields. We talked about Kevin Kalish building gauntlet schedules. Um, uh, Coach Tillett isn't effing around. <laughs> I, I give her a lot of credit. She has, got, she has got bigger cojones than I do. In her first year, she has put together maybe the hardest schedule I've seen in, in SLU women's basketball history. And and that's just, look, that's just off of the top of my head. I may be wrong. Um, maybe we had harder schedules in the past, but I certainly can't think of one. This is incredible. not under, not under um, Stone. No, not under Stone. I don't think under. I can't think about Jill. Well, Jill is different because Jill or Shimmy. Sorry, I well, I, I mean, both of Shimmy. them. Those were the two before. Shimmy had some tough schedules. She would play like Washington, Florida. Oh, that actually, I think that's just where she coached. Um, but I, I think Shimmy had some tough schedules. I don't. Pizzotti's teams were so like mediocre to below mediocre that you wouldn't even know. And they play. I mean, those teams did have the you know strength of schedule benefit of playing in a tougher conference. I think Conference yes. USA was probably a little harder than uh, the A-10. I don't think it's quite what it was on the men's side, you know, with the Louisville, Memphis, Cincinnati type programs of the world. But um, but regardless, um, she did have that advantage. But man, I don't think we've had a non-conference schedule like this. I'm just going to say no. it's the hardest ever. Because when you looked at it, You've got this Gulf Coast challenge, which we already talked about, which SLU is clearly the eight seed, and they're going to start out with Baylor. Then they're going to play Belmont or Villanova, which are both very good teams. And then they're going to play a third team, and that team is, at worst, a team that had a winning record last year. Um, this this whole schedule put together, they're gonna they're gonna end up with, uh, let's see, in addition to those three. Northern Iowa, Missouri State, Mizzou, all on the road. Those are three top. South Dakota? Yeah, South Dakota and SIUC at home. Every single team that we just named is a top 100 net team from last season. And I believe South Dakota is coached by a coach that we were had talked about for a possible like head coach for the Billikens. And I think Ty Margenthaler is at South Dakota, or he's at the That's state. Right. 
Yeah, is he no, at he, South Dakota or State? It's South Dakota, the Coyotes. Yeah, he's yeah. An, he's an assistant there. Um, so that'll but, be that's a little uh, right, that's a little uh, a little uh, underlining uh, storyline. Yep. So he was an assistant at, uh, under Lisa Stone at SLU for those who who aren't aware. So yeah, depending on you know the third game of that one event, I, although I think maybe both of those teams played in the NIT as well. Mm-hmm. But regard, we're gonna we're gonna play at least ten, maybe eleven teams that played in the postseason last year in this non-conference uh which is incredible because that's that's over two-thirds of the whole non-conference schedule um the other home games you've got here you've got an exhibition against maryville siue green bay illinois state wichita state uh the other away games are indiana state ball state memphis now none of these teams were top 100 or or you know, NCAA tournament teams last year. They're all year. names, though. They're all na- they, I, That's exactly what I was just going to say. There's not one school on there that our fans look at and go, what? I've never heard of that. Like, there's none of that. There's no Paul Quinn. There, no. And, 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 yeah, which is, like, nothing against them. But it's, No, it's not back, at all. It's just back to the who the hell is Paul Quinn, right? Yeah, you know. these, are, these are all names that a, a St. Louis uh, college sports fan at all would recognize every single one of these schools. Um it's an incredible schedule. I mean, there's, there's, there's like no real filler here. It's um, I, I can't, I can't believe she's taken on this level schedule in her first year as she's like kind of putting her, you know, all her transfers together with her. Well, she really hasn't added new freshmen. players. They're all the same. <laughs> I mean, she Oof. has a lot of confidence yeah. in the, in, in what she has. And I give her all the credit in the world because this really is what, um, what Katie Shields put together for the women's soccer team, which is like a, a, a serious test every night. Um, it's it's pretty incredible um, to, to take this on in your first year. Is there anything about it you don't like or you would have done differently? Or are you? Just Hell like, no. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. That thing's that, that's a, that's a gauntlet. That is an absolute like. It's a it's sink or swim, man. Like that's yeah. I. I I love it. I, I, you know what? I, again, like I could sit here and tell you about how skeptical I was of this hire, and, um, and I'm, you know, I'm still cautious, and I, I want to see how our team does on the court. But, I mean, she's doing all the right things. You know, and the other point I'll make with this is putting together strength of schedule like this in the A10 is pretty remarkable. Um, and I, I think Stone actually did a pretty good job with it too. She did. Um, because there are, I would say two thirds of the programs on the women's, um, side of this conference do not schedule hard at all. Like St. Bonaventure. I think I remember last season coming into conference play, they were like 10 and five or 11 and four. And their net was like two fifty because they had just played all the worst no. teams in D1. It, it was, it was like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, so all these teams had winning records against horrible schedules yeah and then you come into conference and slew had like seven players who weren't injured for the le- year last year and uh and and kind of held their own against the against the league and yeah i think i, I mean i think they're better this year as long as they stay healthy look i i think there's there's something to be said about having an average schedule and playing well against that schedule and making your money by showing that you have a decent team that plays well against an average schedule and wins your conference. Right. If you go into this schedule and sink, nobody's blaming you. I In your first year, nobody's going to freak out. Right. I, so I get it in that sense. But again, if you swim, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I, for real. For real. <laughs> if you get out there and you like – if you if you go you know seven you know 500 600 for the year or for the non-conference um congratulations here's a uh here's an extra two years if they if they go 500 in non-conference i'm i i would be so impressed oh i'd be because i mean that that means they've picked off at least two top 100 teams i'm all in on and then beating everybody that they should have i mean that would be so uh, impressive. I, I, I mean, this is how you should do it in the A-10. Yeah. You know, this is what volleyball needs to do. You you test yourself in the non-conference. 
and you show your team that we're going to play teams that are so much better than anybody in our conference, and we're going to learn from it, and we're going to go into the A-10, and we're going to kick everyone's ass because we're going to be ready for them. This is what you do. Yeah. I, I again, I'm sitting here as a person who, who was not happy with this hire initially. No. Hold on. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> skeptical. I was skeptical. I didn't get it. Didn't get it. But this is how you schedule the A-10, yeah. especially in women's sports. Because the A-10 is not good in women's sports. It's what Katie Shields is doing. It's a, what She's taking a lesson from Katie Shields. This is what volleyball needs to do. Yeah. End of story. Um, Pete, before we get into the Billikins.com shenanigans, Talk to our people about Two Men in the Garden one more time. So I think I, I told people last week that I bought a few new jars that I was excited to get into. And I've only done one since then, which was the the spicy mango uh, salsa. It was the only fruited one I haven't gotten to yet. And I think it's my favorite of all of them. I think mango just works in salsa. Yes, it does. Uh, it mango does. habanero is my shit. Oh, it's yeah. Mango is just undefeated. It just works. Um strongly recommend it uh i know zach has said before these these salsas definitely run on the chunky side and i know zach likes to drop an immersion blender in there or just pour them all into his blender. i don't know his blend yeah, a little technique. ninja ninja action yeah yeah so um so that's if if it's a little too chunky for you a quick uh quick hit with a blender and and it's perfect but i didn't on this one because i like the whole whole mango in there and uh yeah that jar got me through the week and it was it was delicious it was perfect um, I hid it from uh, my children. So Are they your would kids not, big uh, salsa fans? Yeah, this one th this one might be a little too spicy because um, uh, it, it's definitely got a little more heat than the peach or the strawberry ones, and uh, and they definitely demolished that strawberry salsa. So <laughs> I'd I'd, a, I'd a make sure they didn't see this one. But yeah, strong recommend uh, for the 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 spicy peach or sorry sorry the spicy mango uh, from Two Men in a Garden. It's it's just spot on. So, I want to talk about Billikins.com. But, no, look, so I don't <laughs> want to talk about what is – I don't want to talk about specifics. I want to talk about the idea that anybody gives a shit about the message board that isn't the posters on the message board. Yeah. Because here's my question to you. Does anybody read this shit and care any iota – about what is said. I mean, seriously. Like, at the end of the day, if if there's a thread about uh, 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 Rivera, Daniel Rivera, and people start off on a tangent, does anybody care? Does Daniel Rivera even care to look at it? Does Daniel Rivera look at that and say, these people are freaking crazy. I'm not going to sue. Does Daniel Rivera look at those people and say, those people are freaking crazy. Okay, whatever. Who cares? So, okay, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts on. No, I want. <laughs> this is why. This is again. We talked about filler, right? Yeah. We talked about filler earlier in the show. This is what I texted you earlier. I said it's filler for the show, but it's interesting filler because it really is an interesting topic. Because it's, I don't think that anybody cares. It's like. It's our own little sandbox. It's our own little playground. And it's anybody who's outside of this stupid fanhood that we have. And again, sports fanhood's not stupid. It's like, I'm not insulting anybody. I'm just saying it's a, it's, it's petty. It's crazy. We're sports fans. You know, it's like the ESPN commercial, but everybody knows it's crazy and, and nobody cares outside of our little bubble. In my opinion, so the the thing I will add to that, um, so a few things. Uh, first, a little background because I do know that we have some portion of this audience who does not read yes. the board, who doesn't go there. It's a message Bless board. them. It's been around since the '90s, um, and it is it's kind of the online forum for it's it's probably the last. It's probably the last good message board. It actually, for the most, usually. Well, no, good. I mean, like, it, it's the it's probably the last college sports message board that isn't an absolute dumpster fire. 
So a lot of a lot of online, um, you know, interaction with fans has moved to Twitter. It's moved to Reddit. Facebook. Um, it's moved to sometimes Reddit. there are Reddit. Sometimes uh, there are Discord, mm -hmm. uh, um, or there are forums attached to like um, you know the membership sites like Twenty Four Seven or Rivals, uh, who people might who who pay. Um, it's that's really going to be the power conference teams for the most part, but. Um, this for whatever reason has stuck and it's worked and um the guy who runs it does a really nice job running it he's a great guy he's actually a professor at slu now funny enough he started it when he was a kid um, i mean i couldn't he said he was 38 i thought he was like 40 oh yeah yeah i knew he was almost my well, age yeah. i thought he was way older than me because i can remember like being enamored with sign guy when i was oh like, yeah no he was like a, a kid. kid when he started yeah i know that like in my mind steve was like I don't know, 20. Yeah. Like, like when I was like, a, like, a, you know, eight to 10, but in reality, he was like six years, six years. It was like, it's like the babysitter you had that was like, yeah, you could just dial old. the phone like a little bit better. Right, it's like that right. Mulaney joke. Yeah. So uh, that's the background of kind of what this is and what we're talking about. So this is still kind of the hub of where the, you know, a lot of the most dedicated fans are and sharing information, getting information, but especially in the off season, but all year round, you, you have threads about very specific things that get completely derailed by nonsense recently. Like, like there's a, re a different recruiting thread for every class. And one of them just had pages and pages of guys talking about their favorite all-time sitcoms. So reasonably, uh, uh, if, a <laughs> if a recruit were to Google his name, which I know happens recruits and their parents do Google their names billikins.com threads about them pop up you know because we talk about recruits we get in a, in depth and then there's like pages of people talking about sitcoms that have been off the air <laughs> since before i was born almost 40 years ago I, you're like God, there's no way i think it's funny recruit, i find it funny bob newhart is. it's so stupid <laughs> So, but uh, that's the kind of stuff that I find funny. So, well, yeah, but you also said earlier that you don't think anyone pays attention or knows what it is. No, people people aren't seeking out, you know, recruits aren't seeking out that forum. But like I said, they Google their name or they might hear something referred to and they wind up there. You would be surprised how many times I've heard or, or I guess seen um, people find either themselves or their kids or whatever referred to on there like it, it'll show up on like recently i, I was doing uh i was looking up uh, doing some updates on some recruits and i saw one of the recruits parents had found you know a, a post about her son there and loved the little write-up and like who was recruiting him and, and kind of what his are you skill set shooting your own horn here it, yeah i'm the one who did it but she like the the parent found it and then like posted a link to it on twitter so like no, I don't think people are seeking it out, but yes, I do think people find it. And, right. you know, it's public, you know, you're putting it out there. So when people are on there just being weird, like you're putting that out in the world. Like sometimes I think people think like no one else sees it except for the, the regular posters there. But there are a lot more people who read that regularly who don't post at all. And then there are even other people, maybe not more, but other people who find it one way or another who end up there. And, and so like, you know, I think the when when things go off the rails sometimes it's it's innocent it's fun who cares i just scroll past it i don't ignore it. i ignore it sometimes there are people there though who post like i don't know some pretty toxic stuff like it like either mean things or they're just like just ignorant things and it's just like stop like don't put negativity in a place where that might be found in a way that is unproductive and no i don't think it's going to be make or break for our recruiting decision but i can tell you a hundred percent recruits get a vibe from a fan base on on twitter on on instagram on whatever social media platform they're using on online if they find pages and pages of just weird crap where they're right after they've you know like been mentioned or something like that it kind of is going to just be somewhere in the back of their brain like a negative vibe from a school. And I like, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that's real. The same way that there's a positive vibe from a lot of fan bases. Um, you, you, when you're putting stuff out there into the world, be very conscious of what you're doing and who might see it is all I'm saying. As someone who follows recruiting closely, I'm telling you, 
it does get it does get found uh so like yeah a lot of a lot of the stuff there is weird some of it is i think genuinely unhelpful and like like just don't if you've got negative stuff to say like just be very very you know careful this is all i'm saying yeah i just i wonder like i mean with the what is it the um daniel rivera stuff it went in on one single poster i i just i don't yes. think anybody really cares yeah like they read it and they're like these people are weird okay uh it doesn't have anything to do with travis ford or the basketball team like uh, and, and and right and i think that's the case and now I'm now like if you're getting into like hey this guy's friggin' sucks like we don't want it like now you're getting into some the territory that's like or you're making fun of specifically the recruit or you I've know had, i've heard people say things about like recruits names for example weird yeah i think i think so like what you're saying right there yeah like don't don't just don't, don't do yeah that. don't do that Period. like like don't like if you want to take it off the rails like Aim it at a poster. <laughs> Don't aim it at the player. Well, and that's and to, yeah. to yeah, and that's what Zach's referring to is basically every time somebody commits, someone will start a thread that says, "Hey, welcome, Daniel Rivera," and there will be posts about like who he is, his stats. Here's some video on him. Rivera again. There's not a lot of information out there, and pretty quickly this devolved into one poster said something weird, and then everybody piled on that guy, and then there was a backlash to the backlash. So there's like one page of people being like, hey, this is cool. We've got a new recruit. And then like three or four pages of people arguing with each other over stupid nonsense. And then and then Billy Confano 5 asking, I just wanted to know who the heck Daniel Rivera was. <laughs> well, if, if it's <laughs> to be fair, now I know. And to be fair, I don't follow recruiting. And that's why Peter and I play off each other so well. <laughs> Well, and, and, and it doesn't seem like he's a very online person to be, no, which was always why we never had any information on him relative to other recruits who are very online. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Look, I'm, I'm not worried no. about it at all. But like, I don't know. Just, 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 just be nice. That's all I ask of people. Be nice. Be reasonable. Yes. The only time I'm worried about is if it comes down to like actual issues with how you're talking about the recruit. In which case, I actually would say something. In those other threads that kind of go off the rails, I'm mostly just... I think it's funny most of the time, but I, it, I enjoy it. At a high I level, I enjoy yeah, the chaos. I enjoy the chaos. <laughs> I'm very uh, Joker-ish in the Dark Knight. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm more of a rule follower. I, I uh, a little bit. We know you are. Um, <laughs> that's why, again, why we play off, play off each other well. Um, let's move on to women's soccer. Uh, number 19, well, probably no longer ranked number 19. Uh, oh, maybe, I don't know. Notre Dame was pretty good. Um, two nothing loss versus Notre Dame on the 25th. Uh, the attendance was outstanding in this one. Um, 4,273, uh, second motion program history short of the 5,000 fan goal. Coach Shield told us. Still really, really good, Pete. Yeah, still great. Um, didn't get the uh, didn't get the record, but the, the still second most ever. Um, unfortunately, bad weather sent most of them home late in the first half sack. Yeah, including this guy and his mother. Yeah. Um, we had to head out. I mean, it just it, it like it was a long delay. It, it, unfortunately, I just couldn't couldn't hang in there. Uh, I, I want to say that uh, I, I, I got to I, I gotta throw a, a fan under the bus who was standing by us. Uh, I believe he said uh, how many games into the season before Puricelli uh, gives up a goal uh, and uh, uh, one game. Um, so, yeah, uh, not great. Uh, play resumed, scoreless at halftime. Notre Dame got two in the second half. Grork took down Corbin, Albert, just outside the box, and she hit a pill, Peter. Yeah, it was. She curled it just around our wall. Perfect free kick. Um, Piricelli had no chance. At Not all a single one. chance it's, in that, Yeah. So even though you know he says how long before she she gives up a goal, this is one like nobody would have stopped. A professional at any level would not have stopped that. It was she a just world placed, class. Goal. Yeah. Per, placed it perfectly. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, uh, 
uh, or sorry, Katie Hauk given a soft yellow on a challenge in midfield, slew down a player the rest of the game. Uh, a dangerous cross later in the half, uh, bounced into Percelli, who got her hands on it, and Sophia Fisher chipped in the rebound. Uh, it just wasn't Slew's night, Pete. No, uh, Piercelli was a little deep on this one. Um, it was, it was, a, so it was a deep cross from the left corner, and she was kind of far back in the net. So by the time the the, the cross kind of skipped over, she dove out, you know, uh, a cup away from the the end line basically, and hit it out toward the top of the box, and uh, right right to a Notre Dame player, unfortunately. Yeah, it really felt like the Billikens were like they were waiting for the game to come to them, but waiting about a half second too long. Uh, it just felt like Notre Dame was go was was uh, making the plays, and SLU was waiting for the plays to come to them. I think that's exactly right. Notre Dame pressed, they attacked, they just they had SLU on their heels the whole game. It looked like. Yeah, it was it was nervy. It was nervy entire the entirety of that first half until the lightning delay. Uh, you could feel it in the stadium. Everyone was uh, everyone was pretty nervous. Uh, Notre Dame uh, just absolutely dominated that game. Uh, outshot the Billikens sixteen to two, nine to one on net, eleven to one on corner kicks. Yeah, just, I mean that that kind of says it all. Yeah, uh, the Billikens bounced back today, Sunday the twenty eighth. Uh, a five nothing win at Kansas City. They beat those uh, those kangaroos five nothing. Uh, it was another another and a half. A little, a little uh, got a little nervous there, Pete. Yeah, you kind of thought like, look, you know, Kansas City's not a, a bad program. They're, no. they're really good on the men's side. And then, um, you know, you kind of thought like, man, what 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 happened at that Notre Dame? Because before Notre Dame, I, I thought games... going into that Notre Dame game, I honestly like after I thought the Billikens may have been drinking the Kool Aid a little too much. Maybe I mean, you know, at the very and least, that's I what thought I they were going to give Notre case. Dame more of a game. And Notre yeah. Dame's kind of been kind of been that team that they just can't get past. I, you know, they ended their season in the tournament a few years ago. Um, you know, coach talked about that regular season game against them that. They, Notre Dame just kind of seems to have their number, um, you know, which is frustrating. And I thought they were going to give them a little bit better game. So when they're scoreless at halftime at Kansas City, you're just kind of like, man, I hope that magic didn't get drained from what was, you know, what was happening in the first exhibitions, in the first two games of the season. Um, the, you know, they only outshot Kansas City. They created a couple opportunities. They actually did have a header. Uh, Sophia Stram had a header off the crossbar off a corner kick in like the 44th minute. So right at the end of the half, um, they just couldn't put anything on goal. Um, they had a few opportunities, uh, but, but Zach, then things kind of changed in the second half. Yeah. The, the floodgates open for the Billikens, uh, Bray Halverson service into the box. Uh, it didn't look dangerous, but, uh, uh just kind of a, a weird header from the Kansas city player, uh, back into the left. Yeah, so exactly. Speak. Uh, <laughs> <It was. laughs> yeah. Thanks, JFK. Um, yeah, it went in the net. I don't know. Keepers, keeper just couldn't get to it. Um, it's an own goal for the, uh, you know, against Kansas City. Uh, right after that, Slew had a goal called offsides. Fifty uh, fourth minute, Lindsay Heckle PK saved, but put away her own rebound. Um, you know, 55th minute, Hannah Larson off a rebound. Originally a corner kick from Caroline Kelly. Got it headed up and bounced around a little before Larson was able to collect it, turn, and get a strong right foot on it. Yeah. 78th minute, free kick from about 30 yards out. Lobbed it to Gaby, who's touched into the box. Hit a Casey defender's hands. Kelly buries the PK. 81st minute, Gaby had it on a two-on-one situation. Decided to go it alone. Had her first attempt stopped, got her own rebound, and finished the second. I'm seeing a lot of rebounds here, Pete. This was not a game that was like um, full of highlights necessarily. Like you look at the 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 score, the box score here. Slew outshot them twenty two to two. Shots on goal were ten to two. Corners were eight to two, um, and it was just kind of you would think like, oh, this one had to be great. This had to be a lot of highlights. And it yeah. really was no. really wasn't. They just it was it's really a testament to just 
if you attack, if you press, if you play aggressive, the you're going to create a lot of opportunities. And that's what that's what SLU did. They gave themselves a lot of opportunities. They created a little chaos in the box mm -hmm. and they got it. Um, the last one, though, I will say, Gaby got the ball before the half line and then just willed this all the way down. It was it was kind of a kind of a breakaway kind of, a, you know, because Kansas City's pressing high and trying to score, trying to get one back. Um, so she only had one defender to beat and, and wound up with a two on one. I don't, I can't remember who her teammate was, whether it was Larson or, or somebody, but, um, she kept it herself and, um, her initial attempt was stopped and then she got her own rebound and, and put it away. But I mean, she just absolutely willed that one. She beat everybody down the field and, and willed it in. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. And that was probably more of a highlight than any of the, uh, the other ones on the day. Uh, but yeah, that's, if you just you create these opportunities, so they're eventually going to start going in. Uh, Pete, run us down the stats on this one. Yeah, I mean, so so twenty-two to two in shots, ten to two shots on goal, eight to two corners. Um, it was it was all slew all day. Um, you know, uh, saves were five to two, but um, in Kansas City's favor, just a, a testament to how many shots we were we were taking. Fouls were pretty even. Kansas City wound up with three yellow cards. Slew wound up with two, basically back to back. Um, there were three yellow cards in this game within the span of three minutes in, in the second half. So things got a little chippy there after Slew started scoring. Um, all five yellows in the second half. Um, but yeah, this was it was a physical game. It wasn't pretty. It, it looked very very hot. They had some uh, hydration breaks, um, but Slew seemed to kind of get their mojo back in the second half there and. Hopefully that's enough momentum to get them going through the rest of the schedule. Uh, men's soccer, uh, not not a great start, um, uh, and it's it's not looking much better to be honest with you tonight. Uh, we'll get into tonight's game, but first we got to talk about the three one loss at Louisville on Thursday the twenty fifth. Uh, it looked the the start honestly. I'm gonna be honest. It was against the run of play. Uh, Leggett, well, actually, the Billikens had a goal called off. Uh, however, eventually they took the lead on a goal by uh, Eric Leggett in the 17th minute. John Klein had a touch on it. Uh, Louisville keeper uh, saved it. Rebound went to Leggett, who put it away. Uh, Louisville tied it on the tw in the 29th minute by uh, on a goal by Makumba Ba, which is a great friggin' name. Um... I mean, all three of these Louisville goals were absolute bangers. Yeah, they were. He scored. I mean, on the cross. like, I yeah. can't even. I can't even sit here and be like, "Look, the Billikens should have won that game." Louisville scored like three world class goals. They did. They did. They earned all three of those goals. Um, first one was off a cross, like you said, in the 29th minute. Um, re really good shot. Uh, the second one was uh, another great name, by the way, 66 minute Abubakar Kamara uh, to make it two to one. And then uh, Bryce LaBelle scored boom. off a corner in the uh, 75th minute. I'm just going to keep rolling through that. Um, Zach Louisville shot slew, outshot slew 12 to five in this one and just kind of looked like the better team. Yeah, I mean, they were. Uh, it, it is what it is. These Billikens are rebuilding. Uh, I think we hoped they were reloading. Uh, but it really is starting to look uh, like more of a rebuild, Pete. Yeah, I think so. I thought so with the transfers and everything, I kind of thought we had more on paper anyway. I thought our back line was going to be really solid, really strong. And I, I thought maybe scoring would be a little more of a challenge this year. Um, but it seems like we're leaking more goals than I would have anticipated, at least in these first couple of games. Yeah, I, I think we're we're unsure of what is going to happen with our goalkeeping situation. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the uh, the Israeli keeper, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Yuval, uh, I I got I don't have it in front of me, honestly. Uh, yeah, um, I'll look it up. Sorry, there's another. I've got the box score up right now, and 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 we're not playing him tonight. No, we're not. Uh, number one is playing for us tonight. Car Carlos Tofern is playing tonight. Um, yeah. Mason Hart hasn't played yet. Uh, the other keeper, um, Yuval Sade. Yuval Sade, thank you. Um, Yuval Sade started that game at Louisville. Uh, and, and um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to see where the season goes, and um, it's kind of frustrating. You know, obviously we were ranked 10th. Uh, oh, uh, we were ranked 10th. Uh, that's clearly uh, a, a legacy ranking at this point, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think we'll be anywhere near that uh, after this week because uh, currently the Billikens are down 2-1 to Lipscomb. Uh, Lipscomb has looked every bit as good as Slew in this game. Uh, I turned it on in about the 10th minute, and it was 1-1 already. Um, and then uh, just about five minutes ago, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw me cringe really hard, and uh, Lipscomb took the lead. So, And there's about 15 minutes left to go. We'll update uh, at the end of this podcast, I think, uh, because I doubt the next – It'll take us less than 15 minutes to finish this show. Uh, yeah, it's just not its not looking great so far, honestly, Pete. No, it's a, it's a tough start, and we've kind of gotten spoiled because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they went undefeated last year. We, they did. We don't know. Uh, well, I'm sorry, until the Elite Eight. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, we haven't – we didn't know what it was like to lose in the regular season, uh, you know, for a couple of years here. So it's been um, – it's been a little jarring to start out, uh, you know, this rocky in the season. And you hope it's something that they can correct and kind of, uh, you know, I think Kalish is probably figuring out, um, you know, his best lineup and everything like that. And, and not uh, to mention, you've got a bunch of players who are learning to play this style. Uh, you've got a lot of guys that aren't Gallagher guys that didn't gr- that didn't grow up with Kalish. Last year, you had a bunch yep. of guys that grew up with Kalish. A lot of guys who are, who who understood what Kalish wanted, and, and Kalish has this style that he plays is extremely high pressing. It's extremely aggressive. Uh, it's a lot of uh, I, I forget the word that's called that it is, but if you lose the ball, you immediately try to win it back, uh, and, yeah. and that's kind of what this style is. And I I don't know if they're getting it right away. Uh, because it seems like we're 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 being aggressive, but we're being passed around. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, what's what's not in question though is how much talent there is on this roster. Right. And I, if I were, you know, Lipscomb and uh, who, by the way, I know they're not a big name. They are a very good program. Yeah, you know, they were they were a tournament team last year. This is not a cupcake. Um, but. If, if I'm Lipscomb or um, Louisville or some of these other teams, you're lucky to be playing SLU early in the year. I think it's going to be a lot harder yes. by the time they're in A-10 and, and uh, you know, more familiar with each other and with uh, style play. Yeah, you're just not seeing sharpness out there. Right. Um, you're not seeing, you know, the, the, the high level of play that we're expecting or that we expected after last season. And uh, it, it's frustrating, but that's just how it is right now. And I think we've got to give them, you know, we like, I think the litmus test is what happens when we enter conference play, because really at the end of the day, like, yeah, we've got an insane pedigree. We've got 10 national championships going back to the fifties. But we haven't won one since the seventies. And I I think, I think the point is, is we got to get, we got to see how they do in the eight time. Because that's the real, like, okay, are they good? Can they win the A-10? Because if they can win the A-10 and go to the NCAA tournament, that's that's positive with a rebuild. Right. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully in the next 12 minutes and 45 seconds, they can come back and get an equalizer and at least salvage one point. Uh, by the way, don't forget there are new rules this year with overtime, no overtime in the regular season. Not nothing at all. So ninety minutes and that's it. Um, on the volleyball side, uh, I mean, we gonna Cat uh, Miller gets his three hundredth career win out of like six hundred and fifty career games. You know? <laughs> Number one sixty four at SLU. Yeah, sure. Three um, zero win versus Little Rock. Twenty five twenty three. Twenty five twenty three. Twenty five fourteen. Mac Hill. She was a bright spot last year. She came on late in the season and played really well. She got, she did, she was really great backing up, you know, um, help me out, Pete. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Um, she just went pro. You're the volleyball expert. Yeah, I but I think you're talking about Maya Taylor. Yes, Maya Taylor. Thank you. Uh, she did a great job coming in and helping out Maya Taylor on the offensive end. 
11 kills in this one. Uh, Carly Rogers, 15 digs. Katie Opperly, 21 assists. Um, Arkansas State, this one's actually a good win, Pete. Uh, Arkansas State's a team that beat them last year 3-1. Uh, I believe it was in St. Louis, too. Um, Billikens win the first set 28-26, uh, drop an absolute stinker 25-12 in the second set. And I think uh, I, 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 was, I was about ready to have a coronary at that point. Yeah. Uh, uh, they dropped the, the third set 25-20 and then come back and win two straight to win the match 25-11, 15-11 and uh, whew, wipe the sweat <laughs> off your brow on that one uh, yeah. so hey, that's a, that's a decent win Arkansas State, not a bad program but look, I, I mean I think at the end of the day if you were to lose that game to a guy who just got his first head coaching win the day before uh, I, I think mm. we're going to have some problems um, Hill, yeah. Mac Hill again, 14 kills. Lynn, uh, 21 assists. Rogers, 21 digs. Uh, Mississippi Valley State, maybe the worst team in Division One. The Billikens beat them three to nothing. Uh, 25 13, 25 9, 25 8. It wouldn't have surprised me if the Billikens would have won 25 nothing in this game. <laughs> I mean, they had they had two wins last season, and one of them was against an NIIA school. So yeah. Uh, just not not a good program at all. I I mean, yeah, it's just I, I won't even get into it. Uh, Fitz and Richardson six kills apiece. Lynn twelve assists. Kiefer ten of digs. This seems like a game where the Billikens just kind of threw everybody out there and just said, "Hey, go play." Yeah, I think so. You're seeing <laughs> normally in volleyball, I, uh, you're you're gonna see more or less the same names yes. leading leading the stats. So when you don't, it's like, oh, okay, clearly the freshman got some run here. Yeah, uh, I I don't really know what to make of any of these games except for Arkansas State. That's a positive win. Uh, the next up will be or next up will be Billiken Invitational this weekend. Youngstown State, Central Michigan, and St. Thomas come to town. Again, not not a high level of competition. Um, Central Michigan would be probably the decent, the most decent team in there. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Speaking of Central Michigan, uh, the field hockey team uh, went to Michigan and played Central Michigan and Michigan State, Pete. They did, and it's in East Lansing, and we've kind of talked about this before about how field hockey sort of pods these things together. They're not really MTEs or tournaments, but, uh, you know, to kind of make travel easier. So they play Central Michigan and East Lansing. It was a close game. You know, the stats were really even, uh, but they dropped a 2-0. Uh, Sasha Sanders, lose goalie, had six saves. Um, and then uh, today, Sunday, as we record this, yesterday, as we uh, as you might be listening to this, uh, 6-1 loss at Michigan State. It was actually 4 nothing until very late in the fourth quarter. Olivia French for SLU as a breakaway goal with less than four minutes to go. And then, of course, Michigan State scores two more before it was over. I think probably uh, they might have been upset that they allowed one in there. Um, you know, it's it's just different playing a Big Ten team. SLU was outshot 26-7, 16-3 shots on goal. Sander had nine saves in this one. She was pretty good, but uh, obviously those two late ones make it look a little worse than it probably was. Um, and then next up, they'll put, they'll play in Iowa City. Um, taking on Boston University on the third and then Iowa on the fourth. Iowa, you'll recall, last season was number two when SLU played up there and lost 10 to nothing. Um, I don't believe they're ranked at the moment, so I think they've probably lost a lot of what they had last year. Um, but regardless, that's another big test. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, yeah. everything's a tough test when you really don't have any institutional support. Uh, full marks to uh to field hockey for taking on any challenge they can um uh, yeah best of luck to them and i'm i'm hoping there will be games streamed at some point this season i'd really like to watch a little bit um on the cross country side uh they head to mizzou on september 1st uh, obviously that won't be streamed as has never been a thing um pete any last thoughts before we head out just one more word of congratulations to my co-host Zach. Nice done, nicely done with the uh, the triathlon today, man. I know it's uh, I know after your last one, you were a little a uh, little traumatized uh, with the with the fall. 
Oh yeah, there. So our YouTube listeners, he just held up uh, our YouTube watchers, viewers. He just held up his uh, his age group first place medal. Uh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this guy got got out there pretty quickly after uh, really messing up his uh, his body with a nasty spill on that bike. And now he's he's not just back out there finishing, but finishing first. And uh, Zach, well done. And you need to go get some rest, and uh, you deserve it. Sober up a little bit. <laughs> That too, yeah, but at least yeah. you're already home. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Pete, for those kind words. Uh, that wraps up the week that was in Billiken Athletics. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Midtown Mad Pod, at Peter is a tweeter, at Zach Miller MMP, and on Instagram at Midtown Mad Pod. Uh, if you want to drop us a line, uh, you can email us at Midtown Madness Pod uh, at gmail.com. Uh, please don't spam our inbox. Uh, we also appreciate any and all suggestions you have for the show. You can drop them on Twitter or any email. Uh, please go subscribe to the show on all platforms. And if you haven't left a review, do that with a little five stars to go along with it. As always, Pete, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.